Thank you for listening to our weekly Baylife Church podcast. Make sure you visit our website, baylifechurch.org.au, where you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so that you'll never miss another message. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. I was 19. <laughs> Grab a seat. Thank you. Yeah, that would be a miracle. True. Well, I said that to someone already this morning. So I wish I was 19. I thought, you know what? I actually don't. <laughs> I actually don't. Sorry for any 19-year-olds here this morning. Actually, um, who is 19? Stand up if you're 19. Is there anyone else? Is Corey? Nah. Huh? Awesome. You see, these are a great representation of what I believe the potential of our church is. Look at these young people. Look how well they've grown up. Look how well they're going on for God. And, and think of the potential in each one of these lives. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and that's exactly the same potential we have in this church. Thanks, guys. So. You know, um, just, you know, this is a pretty standard scripture, I think, but I just really believe this scripture is accurate um, out of Isaiah uh, 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing, a new thing. Now, it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. There's a new thing about to happen on this earth. There's a new thing to happen in this church. There's a new thing about to, the potential, the pregnancy, the, the germination is, is just ready for it. And, and, and the question is, are you ready for it? Because you are the church. And if you're not ready to lean into what God's got in this next season, it can't happen. Like God can do it without you, of course, but, but he doesn't want to. And, uh, you know, I, I, I often think, our 19th birthday, I think, wow, 19 years ago, we were nervously waiting in Tomary Education Centre, the hall there. We had done all the prep we could do. We were, um, <laughs> we'd had a practice service the week before, and a person got saved in our practice service. We, we <laughs> it's like, but, but we'd put out brochures and, and someone got the dates wrong and they came early and said, well, we're doing the service anyway, so just stay. And they got saved. It was like, wow, that's amazing. Anyway, the, the particular morning, you know, we put out the chairs, we set up the sound, the band had the practice, the data projector was set up. And it was the first time for just about all that. Um, setting up morning tea, kids' ministry room was set up, the information table was set up, uh, and then we're praying and almost holding our breath to see if anyone else turned up because there was just like a dozen of us. And uh, we didn't know if anyone else was going to turn up. That was the truth. We didn't know if anyone would actually front up on this morning because we're in a school, didn't know who they were, who we were, had no real contact with the area very much except a, a couple of couples really. And, uh, and God was amazing. I think 84 people turned up that first Sunday morning. 84. 
Most of them didn't come back the next week, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think they were just checking us out and making sure we actually were a real church. Um, they weren't so sure even after the first week. But, uh, you know, if you were there that first Sunday, the original team, I don't know if there's anyone here this morning, but my family I know are here. So anyone stand up that's on that, from that first Sunday we're there? Just stand up. Yeah, Donna, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chelsea. Awesome. Fantastic. That's awesome. Hey, um, stay standing. Stay standing. Anyone else that turned up in that first week or that first month? Is there anyone here? Yeah, Andy. Yep. Christine, of course. Troy. Troy yeah, of course. Put, put your hands together for these guys. They put up with us for 19 years. Can you believe it? Night, thank you guys. That's so awesome. That's so good. The grace of God. Some grace there, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I wasn't sure what to do. To, I've, I've got a message here. Uh, I don't know how much of it I'll get out this morning. I want to say this to you before I get up the board because I know you guys don't see the board very much. Our advisory board is a great team of guys and we, you know, we do all the legal and financial and all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and they don't get a chance to say much, and they've been doing this for a long time, so I want to get each of them to share something this morning. But I remember Brian Houston saying something at a network church about seasons of church life and, uh, and how generally they're divided into 10-year seasons and, uh, and that we had to stay relevant and, and change each season and to stay on the cutting edge of what God wants for each generation. And... Uh, and the first 10 years is about establishment and, uh, you know, it's getting established, building some foundation, putting down some roots. And the foundations are the most important part to any building, right? It's usually the most difficult, the most time-consuming as well. So, you know, the first 10 years is establishment. The second 10 years is about consolidation. And I believe we've done that well. You know, we have such a strong group of mature believers, you know, uh, across this church, ready and positioned for the next season. And the third 10 years is about multiplication. And we're just about to enter into that third 10-year season. And that's why I'm so excited about what is yet to come. And, uh, you know, I, I just believe there's so much ready for the God's ready to do both in our church but across this world. And, and the question is, are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Are you really ready for it? Because to be ready means it may be inconvenient. It, it may be a bit messy. You know, there may be sacrifice that comes through encouraging and raising up and discipling new believers. Um, it won't be like the beautiful thing we think it might be. When, 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 you know, it just can get messy. I remember in the early days of this church, it was messy. It was so messy. People were getting saved everywhere. There was young people everywhere. There was young families. It was noisy. It was crazy. I remember in one service going, can someone shut up those kids, please? Because it was just, there was so much noise in this bouncy hall. And I apologised afterwards because it was just, I could hardly hear myself. So I was assuming no one else could hear me either. There was so much noise in, in this, this bouncy school hall that we're meeting in. And, uh, um, but it can be messy. And you just got to be ready for mess. We've got to be ready for it. Actually, we've got to want it. You know, it won't be the way you, like, it just won't be the way you think of it as, oh, it's all lovely and all these lovely people come in and we'll all be happy and clappy and we'll all be safe. And, no, it won't be like that. It'll be difficult 
and it'll be challenging and you'll have to watch your bags to make sure things don't get pinched out of them because they're people that just don't know Jesus yet. But I'm telling you, they're searching. Our world is searching for answers. And the church has got the answer. The church has got the answer. You've got the answer in you. Just got to step into that sometimes. You know, before I get into my message, I, I just want to bring the advisory board up on stage if I can. Or the microphone. So guys, just come up quick. I think we've got one missing this morning, but um, <clears throat> each one of these guys have been serving for a significant period of time on our church board. You see, I don't let anyone on our church board unless they've been in the church, first of all, for five years. They've actually got to have a track, track record that I can trust them and know how they operate under pressure, how they respond in difficult situations, in conflict, all those sorts of things. And... Uh, you know, Andy's been in that team since day one. You know, we had an early team before we even were an incorporated association and uh, we met for mul multiple years. And, uh, uh, you know, he's been significant in so many different ways. But uh, as each one of these guys has been, Kevin's probably the, the uh, latest addition to that. I asked him before he moved to Canberra if he'd come on the board because um, he's in the RAF and he can get moved around a little bit. And uh, he, he, at that stage, said, look, we're going to Canberra. Maybe it's not the right time. I said, yeah, okay. And when he came back, I said, you're in? He said, oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, he, he's been on a great, you know, great valuable addition to the team. The other one that's missing here this morning is John Morello. And the one that, um, you know, Eric was a, a, he participated in our, our board meetings while he was here. We knew he was going back at some stage, so there's no point really putting him on there. The one that I want to mention is Chris Walkley was a part of our team from the early days and you know obviously he is now with the Lord you know in, in I think it was 2012 he went home and uh, we, we do still miss him because he was a great part of, of uh, our, our board our church but our community and uh, uh, so you know so I just want to give these guys a few minutes each just to say something here this morning just to, to sow into you uh, because they've been around for a long time so good morning church where do we start? Um, yes, I remember the early, early days where we used to have to pick a trailer up, go out to Tomery uh, pri Primary School Hall, yeah, and then uh, set up and everything else. And, and yeah, it was a, a long day. So <laughs> coming here, it was a lot easier. Remember coming here for the first time, having a look around the property as the ball to, to look at buying the place. And uh, yeah, just couldn't believe it. It was like, wow, can we afford this? I think the answer was what? No. Not really. <laughs> but Greg's faith and, uh, and grace, he, uh, he did what he had to do with Robin and uh, to purchase the place in the beginning, and that was absolutely wonderful. And then what we've done ever since um, with the building, obviously we were in the, the small hall to start with because this was a swimming pool, for those that don't know. Uh, fishing nets hanging up to stop the rust dropping into the pool and that sort of thing. So then uh, Alan Hay was a big part of that for de demolition. Mm. But I just wish he had actually waited till I actually cut this part of the building off of that part before he started pulling it with the excavator. But it came down and, uh, and it's gone back up with the help of many, many people in this church and Eric being one of them. So it was great to have a guy come along that was working but wasn't working. So I was able to nearly grab him every day to do stuff. So that was good. Yeah. But the biggest thing that the church is about 
of these lot, the mm. youth. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I used to love hearing stories where our youth used to go into the schools and, uh, and talk to the kids that the teachers didn't want. And, uh, and then used to bring them back to youth. And then they started coming to church. Mm. And that's what it's all about. So thank you, Greg. Mm. Thank you, Robbie. Mm. Well, thank you. Only, only little ones. I want to maybe just take a little bit of a different, different tact. It was probably about 15 years ago that my wife and uh, our four teenage children came to the, to the region and were looking for a home church. First up, more important than a house or where we lived, we wanted a church where they could be nurtured and pointed in the direction of God's pathways. Um, Baylife is a, a church of relationship. It's not a social club, but it is relationship because God is a God of relationship. So our um, four teenagers, um, I'd like to actually thank uh, Greg and Robin and their family. They're girls who aren't here at, at the moment, but uh, they're all around the world. Um, and for Chris and others who mentored our kids through those teenage years. That was probably one of the most important things to us, to see our, our kids mentored through. And, you know, the fruit of that is that they've, they've now moved on to the next generation and they've mentored mm. others through. And that those that have met, they have mentored are now mentoring others. It's a church of generations. And, and youth is so important to it. So I'm 19 and some months, so I, I, guess, I, I guess I qualify. <coughs> Uh, yeah, a few months, but we won't say how many. Um, um, so no matter what name is on the, the sign outside uh, on, on the main road, the important thing is that the name of Jesus is above all, through all, and in all. And that's what I'd like to just um, highlight there. The real key, I think, is that everybody needs to come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, it's social and we have a nice time, but really, it's a responsibility of every one of us. It's a responsibility, not just an option to know Jesus. It's an obligation to know God, our Creator. And Baylife has always pointed to Jesus Christ and a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the provision that he's made. Um, It's a responsibility. So, um, so I'd just like to thank once again Greg and Robin, and and Chris and and so many others. You know Troy and others who've mentored and encouraged and always pointed to Christ in all things. That's what Bay Life is all about. We're just part of the bigger body of Christ. No matter what the signage is, every one of us has an opportunity and an obligation to know Jesus Christ as our own personal Lord and Saviour. So mm. for, even for those who are here to see the, the happy birthday and so forth, really think about your relationship with Christ. Yeah, so um, we actually arrived, so uh, Aaliyah and uh, our three, well, 
there was two kids at the time, yeah. uh, arrived around the same time as the Times the Oasis. I think it might have been close on the same Sunday we, we started coming, so uh, back in 2007. So um, I guess what drew us to Baylife Church, well, drew me to Baylife Church, I'm a serving sort of guy. That's my you know, love language is service. So, um, and we'd been to churches before, yes, in the Air Force and moved a bit, but the last two churches we'd been were the set-up, packed-down church and... So something like that actually was like, oh, we're used to this. <laughs> so, um, and also we were part of the creative, we've always been part of creative teams on the worship and on the band and doing various things. So, and it just was, I guess the atmosphere of the church was just like home. Um, and, uh, and we always look for a place, we've moved around a little bit and we'd always look for a place, a church that was home. And, uh, and it's not just the atmosphere on a Sunday morning, it's the people that you get to know. And, uh, and, and I guess that, you know, a bit like David here is that, um, you know, our children, uh, Finn's now 19, he's out doing kids at the moment, um, so, but, uh, but we didn't arrive here for the start of the, the church, but, um, but yeah, we so, have seen our kids grow up in the church, you know, Brady was, is now 12 um, and, uh, and has grown up in the church, you know, so, and, um, and it's actually, you know, um, people like, uh, you know, Bill and Dorothy were a great part of this church when we arrived, and, uh, and they were like grandparents to our children, you know, so just, and they would adopt any kids, to be honest, I mean, everybody who knows Bill, Bill and Dorothy um, are just a fantastic, uh, you know, grandparently, you know, sort of couple that uh, just adopt anybody, and are just so loving, and, and, uh, so that, that sort of thing that just really drew us in it, and it still draws us, and, and I guess what we see is, um, because our kids are a little bit younger than uh, David's kids, is that they're still in that development, they're still being mentored, and we're seeing them now, they're all, all three of them are involved with youth now, and, and, and just, uh, and I, I guess that's the key for us is, uh, well, key for me, uh, being a, a serving person, and certainly Aaliyah does that as well, um, is that we just want to see our kids, you know, serve God in, in whatever way that, mm. that uh, makes them um, uh, you know, mature in their faith and actually uh, become a, a person that actually, um, you know, not only is a, you know, is a uh, partaker, I guess, in, in church life, but also a giver and actually uh, be part and active in that. And, and that's such an important part of my walk. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what Baylife Church has done for certainly me and my family is, is allowed us to walk and express ourselves in a way that is just, it, it's, it's a family way, right? So we haven't, haven't, everything hasn't always been smooth. I know we've had, um, you know, rocky paths along the way, um, that's, that's what family is, right? You have your arguments, you have your frictions between brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, those sorts of things happen, right? So, but, um, but we're still family and uh, so that really is important to us and, and we're just so thankful that we can still be part of it and that uh, my season in the Air Force is drawing to a close and we can stay put, so thank you. <laughs> I was drawn to Baylife because of the dress code. <laughs> no, actually, there was a time, actually, maybe 12 years ago, I was asked to give a communion word, and before the communion word, I really felt God saying, take off your shoes. And um, no one else was taking off their shoes. It was really scary. I looked around, he hasn't talked, spoken to anybody else about that. But... Today God, today, God didn't tell me to take off my shoes, but I wanted to, I, I took them off because it actually is an expression of freedom, the freedom that we have, as Chris um, preempted what I was thinking about, that this is a church that allows you to express freedom, not freedom for what you want, but it gives you freedom maybe to share the troubles you're going through, the, the struggles, um, yeah, 
And if I can just wind back a bit, I, um, before, we, before we came to the bailout, before we came to New South Wales, we were in Tasmania and um, we did a church, our church did a church survey and we told the people who were doing the church survey, um, we're not going to be here for much longer, we're heading to New South Wales. And they said, oh, whereabouts? And we said, Port Stephens. They said, the church you're in now, if you want one with the same sort of flavour, go to Greg and Robbie's church. And that was about 13 or 14 years ago as well, so we were all the same year, I think. And so we prayed about which, what church we'd, we should go to, and we didn't get anything else other than what these people said. So we came to, well, I came to Bailoff from the first day, Adele and the kids were still in Tasmania. And I came up here from the Central Coast because I was looking for a, a house, and that, that had fallen through, the real estate agent didn't even have the keys. So I thought, well, I'll go to church instead. This is the church they said would be good. I walked in. It was the last week of the sound guy. I was doing sound in Hobart. And he also was trying to get out of his um, house contract. So I took over sound and took over his house and <laughs> we're both happy. Now, you might, you might think that that's a confirmation. God's confirmed um, the move. But I would suggest that's not the confirmation. We always look for like... One plus two equals three. But the confirmation is when you find a family that loves you, that accepts you, that forgives you. And those words, they just ring so um, yeah, so strongly with me that love, acceptance, forgiveness. People that have experienced God's grace and are willing then to share it with others. So thank you, Greg. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Put your hands together for these guys. So good. Thank you. Okay. Um, I will take a little bit of liberty and take a few more minutes this morning. Just I, I, I won't do a whole message, but I just feel like I've got a, something to share uh, at this time. You know, um, the truth is we can have all the... Uh, potential within us to do and be what God wants us to be and um, but what's the thing that can hold us back what like what would that thing be if you each one of you's got potential within you this church has got potential within it to do amazing things for God what would be the thing that would hold it back and and you know, there could be a thousand things, but there's something I just really want to share just quickly on this morning before we finish and take communion. Um, I believe it's discouragement. Discouragement will hold you back from your calling and your purpose in God if you let it. Uh, you know, I've experienced that. I've seen it. I've been a part of it in people's lives and... Uh, discouragement is such an insidious thing. You know, um, Joshua 1.9. This is the third time God has told Joshua to be strong and courageous. And it says this in verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, God is speaking to Joshua. He has already said three times, be strong and courageous. Because God... Joshua's stepping into Moses' shoes, and they're big shoes to fill, right? They're, they're huge. He's got a big mission to lead Israel into the promised land. And, 
And he says, be strong, courageous, strong, courageous, strong, courageous. And then says, do not be discouraged. It's like, hang on. If we're being strong, courageous, can we still be discouraged? The answer is yes, we can. Even when we want to be strong, courageous for God in every area of our lives, we can still get discouraged. And I think that's the point that was being made here in, the, in, this, in Joshua 1.9. We can, the enemy loves to try and discourage you and me. And the truth is very often in discouragement, if we can hang in there, the breakthrough is just around the corner because the enemy's realized, uh-oh, there's more coming. I need to try and take this out. I need to try and stop this in its tracks. And, and I found that in my life, the time the most discouraged it's very often within a very short period of time, there's a breakthrough happening. You go, wow, if I'd given up then, I'd be gone, you know, and, and I'd stay in that discouragement. And, you know, I just truly believe the toughest leadership battle, the, the toughest battle in life, really, is with discouragement, overcoming discouragement. So I just want to touch on that this morning. Um, it's inevitable you'll be disappointed in life. From time to time, people will dis disappoint us, they'll let us down, they'll betray us, they'll ignore us, they'll demean us. Circumstances will disappoint us in life, just does. How do I end up here? What's this all about, God? All those sorts of things. Um, but we can't allow ourselves to stay in discouragement in our lives. Here's a thought. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because the water gets in them. Don't let those things around you get inside you and weigh you down because that's what discouragement does. It weighs us down. Like, and I, I've just got a quick example of this in our own situation. I don't know if you've ever had termites in your house. It's horrific. It's like we, we did in a, a little rental house we had, you know, um, uh, Mayfield, and the consequences were devastating, you know, because we hadn't identified them and they'd taken out a whole wall of all the studs and all the everything that's supported in there. Now, the thing looked normal. You looked at it, and it was like, it looks all right. We just done a renovation in, in so many areas, but didn't check this wall. And it looks the same, but the integrity of the building becomes questionable along the way. And termites are clever little critters because they only need enough timber till it stays standing. It's, they just don't go past that. They, they just do it and then get out of the way. And the point is, the building will look normal, but no longer be able to stand the normal storms of life. And that's exactly the same for discouragement. It takes out our stability. It takes out our strength. It takes out our inner fortitude, I guess. And any normal storms come and we fall in a heap. And that's why we have to deal with discouragement. That's why we had to deal with these termites. At first, it was overwhelming, but we worked out if we got the pest exterminators in, they sprayed it and they treated it and they got to the nest and they got rid of the nest and got rid of the problem, the root cause, then we're able to fix up what needed to be fixed until we identify that. So if you're dealing with discouragement, you've got to firstly identify it. You've got to actually own up, fess up. This is affecting my life. I, I'm, whatever you want to call it, depressed or I'm down, I'm disturbed, I'm downcast. You know, David said, I'm downcast in Psalm 42.5. Why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? You see, this isn't a new problem. This is a human problem. We all get discouraged from time to time. But all I want to say to you this morning is 
in a very few words. Um, got to identify it, then you've got to deal with it. And maybe it's stuff from the past, maybe it's stuff that's happening right now, maybe it's anxiety about the future, whatever that looks like. We've just got to deal with it. It's the same with those termites. We just had to deal with it. Even though it was overwhelming at the time, the, like, oh no, we own this place and we, it's, it's going to fall down. But we actually were able to deal with it and get, do what we need to do. And, uh, you know, if you read on that Psalm 42, verses 5 to 6, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Because it goes on, put your hope in God, for I'll yet promise, for I will yet praise him, sorry, my Saviour and my Lord. You see, David started to talk to his soul. He started to preach to his soul. Yes, I'm downcast, soul. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know why I'm so disturbed. But I put my hope in God and I will praise him. I will. He is my Saviour and my God. And that's exactly the same stance we need to take in whatever we're going through. And just three quick quotes on it. Thoughts I want to show you here this morning. Tell your soul that God is faithful and remember God's faithfulness in the, from the past. When he's done good things in your life from the past. You know, Lamentations 3, verses 19 to 23. It says this, I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness of gall. I remember them. My soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They, ne they are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. No matter what you're going through, no matter what is happening right now, remember God's faithfulness in the past. See, Christ has saved you. Remember that time he answered prayer in your life. He provided for you, for you in those situations, for your kids, for your family, for whatever you're going through. In that time when you read that verse and it just spoke to your heart. You know, that time you heard that song, when the time you had a conference, when you are youth camp, when you're at whatever you're going through, when you hit rock bottom and you just felt like God was there, his arms were around you. Remember those times, bring them back to memory. Don't bring, don't focus on the discouragement and the negative things that are happening now. Focus or in the past, focus now on the good things, on God's faithfulness right now. You know, the second thought, cry out to God in the present. And Psalm 142, verses 2, and then verses 5 to 6. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him, I tell my trouble. And then verse 5. I cry to you, O Lord, and say, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. It's okay to be honest with God. It's okay to cry out to him. It's okay to, God, I don't know how to do this anymore. I'm stuck. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And, and, and in that place, God can do something. Because I can remember this nine years ago. I can remember I wanted to give this up. We hadn't built the building. We didn't know how to do it. We had no money. We put all our, our own funds into the church, the property, and we didn't know how we were ever going to afford to build this building. It just seemed impossible. We were stuck. In fact, we were going backwards in our finances. Rob and I were both looking for jobs because we realized there was no money there. Like we were just maintaining what was happening and, and, and we plateaued and we thought, gosh, we've thrown it all in and God, where are you? You know, and we cried out to God. And, and in, the, in truth, there was no other answers. We just had to wait for God to come through. But in the natural, we just thought we had to run. You know, we had to give it, give it to someone else that might be able to pull this thing through. 
um, you know, but we got some wisdom, and it seemed like dumb, a dumb wisdom at the time, but he said, when was the last time you had a holiday? I went, well, we really haven't for eight years. We've had a week here and there, and, and we really didn't have a holiday for the first eight years. And he said, well, this is a, a mentor of ours. He said, Craig, you just need a holiday. I said, no, I don't. I need to work harder and pray harder and, and, and do more and try and get people motivated to do this thing. He said, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> you need to have a holiday. It was like it was counterintuitive. It was just like, really? But we, we, we need to get this building happening. We need to... And he said, no, no, no. Uh, he said, you need to have a holiday. And I remember well, on that holiday, God said, you build the people, the people will build the church. It's like, yeah, but shouldn't I be doing something in that? And it's like, yeah, you probably will, but, but just build the people. And it's got my focus in a different place. And while we're away for that month, it was a miracle. Everything happened. It's like, wow. So church actually happened without us. I was sort of, in one way, disappointed. You know, it was like, hey, we're indispensable, aren't we? No, we're not. No, we're not. You know, and um, not too smart either, really, but... Uh, you know, some, some miracles started to happen and some, we got some breakthroughs in finances and the RTA came to us and we thought we had to build a, a dual lane that was going to cost us $360,000. We didn't have $20 in the bank most of the time, you know. It was just it was ridiculous. And uh, this guy turned up and said, I don't think you have to do the road work anymore. Don't engage the contractor. I said, well, we couldn't anyway because we couldn't even pay a deposit on the contractor. So it wasn't like it was going to happen. And anyway, we got a letter within a few weeks saying, yep, there's dual lanes, you don't have to do that work anymore. Um, finances started to come in, people started to get excited about this. You know, Andy led up the team that built this building. We built, physically built this building. The, the guys in the church built this building. And, uh, um, and, and it was amazing. And I'll, at the end, I'm going to show you a video of some of that while we take communion. And, you know, the first five and a half years we set up at Tomari Education Centre, and there's like three photos of that in this whole thing. But I focused a lot on the working bees here. For the 18 months between when we bought the place and when we were able, had permission to use it, there was like multiple working bees. Every weekend there was working bees. There was people everywhere trying to do things, trying to get rid of the junk and fix things up and get it ready for that. We met in the little hall, as, as Andy said. And, uh, um, and this is, and we wanted to build this auditorium. That was the next stage. You'll see some photos of that in a minute. Um, and we got the breakthrough that we needed and the funds were able, became accessible and, and somehow God came through. I still don't know how that happened. Truthfully, I mean, I know the, the practical outworking, but it's like we could have cut that all off by giving up in the middle of that. And I wanted to, everything in, in me wanted to. But God held us in there and, and we got the breakthrough. Third thought, trusting God's power for your future. You see, there's no need to trust in God's power when everything's going well. It's only when things aren't going well, when we lose our way, when we get overwhelmed, when we, gosh, how are we doing this in the tough times? You know, Israel was in exile for 70 years. and There was great trouble and discouragement. And Je Jeremiah brought this encouragement to the people. And you know this one, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope, and a future. See, the enemy wants to cut off that hope and the plans and the future for your life. He wants to cut that off for this church. Don't you dare let discouragements hold you back from what God wants for you and for this church. 
He has got a great plan and purpose for your life. He's got a great plan and purpose for this church. Getting the thumbs up from Edie down there, that's good. Um, who are you going to believe? Like, why would you believe your own soul? Your own soul, your heart lies to us sometimes. We've got to believe the Word of God for us. We've got to lock into that. Remind our soul of God's promises for our life. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. You know, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, the same spirit is in within me and you, every single one of you. My God is for me. Who can be against me? You know, why is my soul so downcast? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. Don't you dare put your hope in the circumstance of life. Don't you dare put your hope in the people around. Like we've got great people here, but they'll let you down. It's not, you don't put your hope in people, you put your hope in God. And he sustains us in every season of life. Every season of life. I'm going to finish with this, this thought. And so many people have claimed this, this quote. And I, it, it's, it's, so many people have claimed it, so therefore it's got to be anonymous. It can't be any of theirs. Watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Watch your destiny. It actually starts with what we're thinking. What your, your soul is saying to you. You need to tell your soul, God is faithful. He's amazing in every season of life. He's faithful in the past. He's good in the present. He's with me in the future. He is with me. Grab your, your emblems. If you've got your communion emblems. Because, you know, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Well, this morning, we are going to remember the last 19 years. We've got a short video. Um of some of the, the photos that we've got. We've got thousands of videos. It's so hard to work out what videos to put in and leave out. And in fact, we put a lot in. They went, oh gosh, we can only put a few in the last few years because we've had so many photos. But uh, here this morning, I, I would like if you could do this, is to think about God's faithfulness in your life over this last 19 years. Think about the faithfulness God has had for this church over these last 19 years. We started with nothing. It was just me, my family. We had a team of 12 from Macquarie that came for six months and went home. And, uh, and, and, and you guys, Donna, Andy and Jan, you know, like you guys lean into what God was doing in this place, even when it looked like it was a rat race, like it was just, it was a mess. And, uh, and God is faithful in every season. So let's have a look at this video if we can, and, uh, and, and I'll pray at the end. If you want to take your emblems, just, just sit quietly and take them when you feel ready to take them. Thanks.
inside I can only imagine What my eyes will see When your face Is before me I can only imagine
Um, I don't know if you've taken your communion yet or not, but uh, take it now and I'll just pray. Father, we do thank you for your faithfulness over our life, over the life of this church. God, we thank you for your faithfulness in the past. We thank you for your faithfulness right now. We thank you for your faithfulness in the future, God. God, I pray here this morning, there are seeds of encouragement that have been nurtured and grown and, and germinated, God, in our hearts and our minds. Maybe discouragement's held you back. Maybe something for your past, something that's happening right now or fear of the future. Holy Spirit, we invite you in a fresh here. We thank you, Jesus, for all you've done in our lives. We thank you for the sacrifice you gave for us on that cross. But God, the, the story didn't finish at the cross. God, we, we are living in the victory of the post-cross life. We are living in the victory you won for us, God. And here this morning, Lord, we want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate this church. We want to celebrate the victory you won for us. We want to celebrate everything you've done in our lives, God. And we do want to give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together this morning. We are way over time, and so we won't do a song to finish. But thank you for being with us, celebrating here this morning. There is a huge cake out there provided by Milton and Sophie Churchill, who used to be part of our church. They're bakers in the tea gardens. It's an enormous thing. So please, eat plenty of cake and uh, have some good conversations. Have a great week. See ya. Did you take it? Yeah.